You're listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. Father, we thank you for this awesome day. We thank you for this great week that we've had, Lord. We have breath in our lungs, Lord. We have, uh, we have all of our limbs. You've kept us safe. And uh, Father, we just we love you. We praise you. We have so much to be thankful for. Thank you for what we have. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for safety, protection, peace. Lord, this day that we can come and serve you, Lord. Thank you that we can come and gather together, get heavenly downloads that you're speaking to each person, Lord, and uh, unveiling their destiny, God, to them. Speak to even those watching online. Touch every person, I pray, that's watching online as well. Lord, let this even go into the hospital rooms. Lord, those that are suffering, touch people. Touch every single person, those who are hurting, those who are broken. Father, we, we just thank you for that right now. And Lord, we thank you for your word as it goes forth. I pray that it would be a seed planted in every heart that would produce fruit, 30, 60, even 100-fold. Anoint ears to hear and let hearts be receptive to receive what heaven has for their life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, just open up to the book of Genesis, chapter 3. It says in verse 15, and this is, of course, God speaking to, to Satan. And we know that Adam and Eve, they were made perfect. When people talk about sinful nature and they say, well, we have that old Adam nature in us. A- Adam was actually made perfect. You don't have an Adamic nature. That's not what causes sinful, sinfulness. It's a satanic thing that was put into people. Adam was made perfect. In the image of God, he was created perfect. I mean, come on. He was clothed. Did you know that Adam was perfect when God created him? He was clothed in the very Shekinah glory of God. He was clothed in the very presence of God, the visible glory of God. That's what he was clothed. So when he sinned, that presence left him, and he never saw his naked body before. He's like, whoa, what's going on? And he went and... uh, (laughs) Sewed a fig leaf suit. I mean, that's great. Hallelujah. Sewed himself some clothing out of fig leaves. <laughs> Amen. I'm so glad y'all went to like Old Navy, Bass Pro Shop. Hallelujah. Y'all went out and got some, some clothing. Amen. I'm so glad no one came in in a fig leaf suit. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, I know the Bible says don't discriminate people based on how they're clothed. So Adam sews himself fig leaf suit for him and his wife. <laughs> but then God came and looked at man and said, oh, boy, you, you ate of the tree. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, oh, geez. Oh, brother. That tree was a tithe. God said, don't eat that tree. You can have all the trees, but don't eat that one. That was a tithe right there in the garden. Someone says, you know, how many of you guys know we're not under the law? We don't have to tithe. Actually, the tithe was in the garden where he could eat of everything except the tree. But he ate the tree. And when he ate the tree, it wasn't worth it. Did you ever notice it's never worth it? When God says, don't eat of this tree and you eat of the tree, I know it might look good. It might even taste good, but it's not worth it. But God did something so wonderful. Really, when Adam made that fig leaf clothing, it was the first act of socialism. What is socialism? It's man trying to meet his own need without God. That's what socialism is. Man trying to meet their own need without God. 
And, uh, and God came, made covenant with man, made, uh, made him clothing out of the animal that was slaughtered. Hallelujah. So man falls and God's dealing with man. God's dealing with woman. Verse 15, he says, he's dealing with Satan. Satan came as a serpent, twisted the word of God to, to the woman, said, did, did God say the woman was deceived? Adam was not deceived. Adam did it knowing what God spoke to him. He did it, he sinned. The woman was deceived. Did you know the most powerful, listen to me now, now I'm preaching. That was just warm enough. Deception is the most powerful weapon that Satan has. Because he can lie to you, and then if he can get you into the realm of deception to where you believe his lies. He can get you to do all kinds of stupid things. You know that person doesn't really like you. I don't think that person likes me very much. What's that person's problem? No, come on, is that right? That person didn't say hi to me on Sunday. The devil will come to you, you know. You're not going to make it at the end of the month. You know what? I don't know how we're going to do this. How are we going to do it? Where's the money going to come from? The devil will always come and he'll try to deceive you. He'll come and he'll try to twist what the Bible says. Now, I'm amazed. I get around believers and they try to find the loopholes for themselves of why certain scriptures don't apply to their situation. And they'll be in a mess or they'll be in a situation. You'll come to them, you'll give them the word, and then they'll say, well, yeah, but, but. I know that but this, 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 and this is why it doesn't apply to me. And so you just are digging the hole deeper and, and you are just creating a home for demons to come and live. Amen. And you're no longer dwelling in the secret place. You're dwelling in San Francisco. Hallelujah. <laughs> a dump that you've created. Or really, I'll say this, you've allowed the enemy to come in and create around you. Are you with me? Is this helping anyone? So you never want to go to the word and, well, you know, I could just have a little bit of alcohol. No. Okay, well, I mean, I can, I mean, I've forgiven that person. I mean, I mean, you know, that person, I want to punch him in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah. People, well, they, they forgive them, kind of. Yeah. I forgive, but I don't forget. Come on, are you with me? Well, how, how can you forgive and not forget? You know what I mean? I mean, it'll obviously be in your mind or whatever, and, you know, obviously, you know, whatever. But, but, you know, some people, they use that, and they really just haven't forgiven. They have a little black book. And when they see a person's face, they have a recollection of all their sins dating back to 1943. <laughs> Amen. They have a record book. Amen. Aren't you glad that God doesn't have a record book? Yeah. Who's thankful for that? Yeah. Who's glad your angel doesn't look at you and just knows hell? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so you don't need the, you don't want to go and look for the loophole. Well, I mean, I, I don't have to tithe. Well, I mean, I don't have to give. You know, I, I tell people, I, I just did that. I did something. I don't know. I was doing a live stream, but people... You know, they don't give and then they pray and they ask God for finances. They're always broke. If they do get a financial miracle, it's because of the mercy and the grace of God. 
because he is merciful and he does still meet needs. He'll take care of you. He'll make sure you're not out there starving. He'll take care of you. But people look for the loophole. But in all of that is Satan will come and twist the word. He'll twist it in your mind. And so you need to be grounded in the word of God. Can you say amen? amen. You must ground yourself in the word. This, is the, this word is the foundation upon which you build your life. And anything else is, is sinking sand. Don't build, listen to me, don't build your life on some book you read about the Bible. I mean, I read a lot of Christian books, but I always go back to the Word of God just to make sure that everything that that person said in that book is grounded in the Word of God because people can take a part of what the Bible is saying and make it say something and not say it. And so you build your life on all these foundations of people's harebrained revelation that they got because they ate pizza with pineapple on it. Are you with me? If it isn't in the Bible, I don't want anything to do with it. Can you say amen? Is, it, is this right? Because that's what the devil did. Did God really say? And that's what the devil, the first thing he went to Jesus, he began to work on Jesus' mind. And he says, doesn't the Bible say? You can jump down from this high height. Because the Bible says that the angels will give charge over you lest you dash your foot against a stone. So the angels will lift you up. And you go out, okay, anyway. So God's dealing with Satan now, and really he says, what he says of the devil, he's actually telling the devil, Jesus is going to come and crush you. Because in verse 15, okay, I'll read it now. In the King James it says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. He's saying here the seed of the woman will bruise your head. The seed of the woman that God was talking about when he told the devil, the seed of the woman will bruise your head. He was talking about Jesus was going to come, the seed of the woman, that there was going to come somebody that's going to come and bruise your head. He was talking about Christ, the seed of the woman. And so you can see, if you read through the Old Covenant, the devil trying to kill and take out every person God's hand was upon. Isn't that right? Go read the Old Covenant. Anyone God raised up from Moses. Moses gets raised up, and the devil immediately trying to kill him by having Pharaoh kill all the kids, and, but God spared him. That tells me you can have a whole nation trying to kill you, but when God's hand is on your life, he'll make a way of escape for you. And just like Jesus, when Herod was trying to kill all the kids, there was a way of escape because they were warned by an angel. You'll have an angel wake up, get out. Sometimes having the anointing is knowing when to skip town. <laughs> Dr. Rodney said one day he was preaching. The power of God came on him. He grabbed one of his workers. He said, go get the car running in the back door because I'm about to say some things. And they had the car running in the back because he knew that these people were going to come and like beat him up or, or, not, or like, you know, you know, rough him up or whatever. So he went up at this church. He preached the house down and he made a way of escape. <laughs> Before they went to the back room to give him an earful, he was two, three, four miles up the road. <laughs> the dean of my Bible school who taught my class on faith, he used to be a mass crusade evangelist over in India. And he was setting up, they had all their camps set up, about to do the mass crusade. In the middle of the night, a voice, an audible voice, woke him up and said, get up. And he wakes up and he says, gather the people and leave right now. Leave the tents. 
And so he gets up, he gets everybody to leave right now. Why are we leaving? Why are we leaving? Just leave. Listen to me right now. I don't have time to explain. Sometimes you don't have time to explain. You just have to follow the leadership that God set in place. Someone says, yeah, but I need to analyze this 2,000 different ways before I can get on board with this. No, sometimes you don't have time to analyze. You just got to trust the people God's put around you. And so they all leave. As they pull out, a group of militant Hindus pull in with machetes, which they're violent over there. Are you with me? So God speaks to the devil, and he says, the seed of the woman will bruise your head. So you can see Moses, he tried to kill David. He tried to have Saul throw a spear through his chest. I mean, you can see it, the devil trying to take him out. And then one day, Mary comes along, the power of the Holy Ghost overshadows her, and she gives birth to a baby in a manger. Hallelujah. And Jesus came, and he bruised the devil's head. The Bible says that Jesus made a show of prince. He spoiled principalities and powers. He, he, that word spoiled, it basically means he put them to nothing. He disgraced them, and he shamed them. And the Bible says that Jesus made a show of them openly. He, hallelujah. I want to tell you something. The devil was defanged at Calvary's cross. The devil has no right to touch you or your family or your finances or your health or your mind. Are you with me? Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid the price when he hung on the cross. It, it, he spoiled principalities and powers. He went down to the depths of hell. He had every demon in hell on him. And he fully paid the price. And when it was done, three days later, when it was done, Boom. Took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Rose from the dead. So great was the power of that resurrection that the Old Testament saints stood from their graves. 300 people. Because the power was so great at the, at the passion, at the, at the cross. And the, can you imagine seeing Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob over at Bueller's? Says, you won't believe who I saw today. Who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're lying. No, I told, I'm telling you, I saw them. And he ascended. The Bible says that Jesus led captivity captive. He took captivity captive. He took captivity captive. And he had a train of them. You know, when kings would go... And they would, uh, they would or, or a nation would go, they would invade another nation. They would go in, they, would, they wouldn't kill the king because that was like their trophy. They would bind them up and they would have a trail of all the, all the kings and the king and all the government officials. They'd go into the city with them all bound and walk in, back into their kingdom. Jesus had them all, he had a train. Hallelujah. Led them all captive. And Jesus ascended all the way into heaven. Can you imagine the party that was going on in heaven? When it's still going on, actually. Because heaven's a place of constant rejoicing. Because one sinner that comes to repentance, all of heaven rejoices. When you got saved, there was a party in heaven. It is a constant state of rejoicing. So Jesus led captivity captive. He ascended on high. He descended, then he ascended. And then what did he do? The Bible says, then he gave gifts unto men. Pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. You're being equipped right now. Why? So that you can go do some work for the gospel and for the kingdom of God. Are you with me? So Jesus said, or I'm sorry, God told the devil that the seed of the woman will bruise 
Hallelujah. Your head. Look at this. In Matthew 28. When you're there, just say amen. Last chapter of the book of Matthew. Look at this. Matthew 28. And, uh, and in verse 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power. That word power, a better translation of that word in modern translations will translate it as authority. So if you're reading in King James, it says all power. Actually, a better translation is authority. And it says, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all authority is given unto me in heaven and on earth. And it says in verse 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all whatsoever that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. Amen. So here Jesus, it says that he, he says, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on the earth. But he didn't stop there because he said, now I want you to go. And we can turn over to the very next book of the Bible, the last chapter of the book of Mark. This is another account of the same conversation that Jesus is having with these disciples. We're at the end of the book of Mark 16. And Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. So Jesus said, all the authority has been given unto me. But Jesus turned around and he gave that authority over to you. Come on. Because if it would have just been that verse, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth, we would have just had to stop right there and we would have just had to pray to Jesus, would you come down here and would you do something about this devil that's been tormenting me? You know, it's not scriptural to pray that God would do something about the devil. Hello, is this on? Are you hearing me? We have to pray for some ears in here. It's not scriptural for you to pray that God would do something about what the devil's doing in your life. Jesus said, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. But then he said, you go into all the world. And in my name, cast devils out. You do it in my name. Now, I said last week we were talking about prayer. I'm actually still talking about prayer in this because I'm trying to teach you a way not to pray. (laughs) But I talked last week, two things God can never do. And and I'm sorry, two prayers that God cannot answer. The first prayer is God cannot answer and give you what he's already given you. Number two, you cannot pray and ask God to do something he's already done. And I guess the third one, you cannot pray and ask God to do something he told you to do. You cannot pray that God would send an angel to go preach the gospel. Because it's appointed unto man to preach the gospel. No, when I was growing up, you know, I heard someone say, you know, God doesn't need you. I heard someone preach that. God doesn't need you. And, and that's why, you know, there's opposition. When I preach God's going to raise you up in this city, we have a lot of opposition to that message. I mean, we have people come here and they want to shout me down. Well, God's going to do it. Actually, um, no, he's, gonna, he's done everything he's going to do. He's going to raise you up and do it through you. Yes. Amen. He's actually going to use you. He's actually going to use you. So you can't ask God to do something for you that he's told you to go and do. I mean, that would be like Jesus going up to the crippled man, arise and walk. Well, I can't. 
Arise and walk. Well, it's hard. Arise and walk. I can't, Jesus. I'm crippled. I need you to heal me. Arise and walk. Well, what did he have to do? He had to do, he had to do it by faith. Rise up, and as he began to do it, the power of God began to work in his body, and he rose up. So Jesus is saying to the church, cast out devils in my name. Well, Jesus, could you come down and just cast out devils in my name? Well, Jesus, it's just kind of hard. No, he's telling us to go. He has the authority in, on heaven, in heaven and on earth. But then, listen to me very carefully, he delegated that authority to you and me. I'm going to show it further in Scripture, so I'm not done yet, because I'm going to show you in a few other places. I'm telling you, you're going to give the devil the biggest beating this week he's ever seen. He's going to have to pay back devil for some of you what he did to you this week. Next week, he's going to pay. Hallelujah. Are you with me? You have the authority in the name of Jesus. Are you seeing this? He said, all authority has been given to me. But Jesus immediately turned that authority over to the church. Now, if you think about it, listen to me. If you think about it, listen. If you think about it, what are we? We are Christ's body. How many of you guys know my hand is just as much of my body as my eyeballs? And my eyeballs are just as much a part of my body as my big toe. And my big toe is just as much a part of my body as my elbow. My elbow is just as much as my knees. My legs just as much as my arms. Now listen, if one part of my body suffers, the whole part of my body suffers. Are you with me? You are a member of Christ's body. He is the head. We are the body. Now, imagine if we were all just heads in here today, and we were all just in jars, and all of our heads were just here. You couldn't do much as just a head, could you? What can you do as a head? You can speak. What does your head do? It gives instruction to the rest of your body. From your head, goes down, gives instructions to the hands, gives instructions to the feet. Now listen. You are literally a member of Christ's body. When you see, when you see my finger, you see Zach, you see me, right? When you see, you know, I don't know, my, my nose, you see a part of me. When you see my elbow, you see a part of me. When people see you, they see a part of Jesus. You, when people see you, when I see you, I see a member of Jesus. So why would you attack Jesus? Why would you criticize Jesus? Oh, come on. Why would you attack one another and lie about one another, criticize one another? Get, who would ever get, get upset at Jesus? Amen. It's like someone says, well, that person really upset me at church today. That's like saying, Jesus, I'm really mad at your elbow. <laughs> Jesus, I'm really mad at your big toe right now. Oh, we're all a part of this body together. I'm a part of you. You're a part of me. And we're all a part of Jesus. We are one in Christ. Isn't that what Jesus prayed? That they would be one as you, are, you and I are one and we would all be one. Why? We're all a member of the same body. Now, no one would even question Jesus has authority complete authority. He is greater than the devil in every way. He has authority and power over him in every way. So do you. Amen. By virtue of being a part of his body. 
my elbow just as, as, as much a pastor of this church as my ear is. Amen. When you see a police officer, it's not just his head that's a police officer. His whole body's there and he can enforce. Does he have the power in his own ability to stop an 18-wheeler in the middle of a highway? No. But he has authority to make it stop because that 18-wheeler knows if it pushes the limits, there is a price to pay. The devil knows if he pushes his limits, there's a price to pay. The Bible talks about spirits being kept in chains because they disobeyed God and they're being kept in chains awaiting a special judgment. That's why demons would always cry out, Jesus, don't torment us before our times. And even, I mean, come on. They would listen to him. And they'll listen to you when you use his name. Are you with me? Come on, your days of being tormented by the devil are over today in Jesus' name. We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshocton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash therivercoshocton. Hey, this is Pastor Zachary Weber. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast this morning. I pray it blessed you in some way. Just before we go off the air, I have a very important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? You know, the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of those sins is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever. So I want to pray this quick prayer over you. Father, bless every person listening with a long and a healthy life. Jesus, make yourself real to them and do a work in their heart. And if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do so right now. Friend, as you're listening, if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today and receive the gift that God has for you, the free gift of salvation, I want you to pray this quick prayer with me with your heart and your lips out loud. Just say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me and set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe you've risen from the dead and you're coming back again for me. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come into my heart right now. Now just declare this, say, I am saved. I'm forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Now, Father, I pray over every single person who prayed that prayer. Seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day let not one person be missing. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to get a hold of us and let us know. You can go to theriverkashocton.com under the contact section. You can let us know that you prayed that prayer. It's so important that you tell people that you made a decision for Jesus today. It's also important to get involved in a local church. You can join us this morning at The River Church. Our service begins at 10 a.m. We're located at 51 Pine Street right here in Coshocton, Ohio. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, 8.30 a.m., right here on Life of Revival. God bless you.